everybody, Rob here. And before I get to today's show, I just wanted to take a moment and thank some of the great people that work behind the scenes on Rob Has a Podcast. We've got such a great group of people who help me produce all of these podcasts. And I want to thank everybody who went back and listened to all the old shows to make this podcast possible. So thank you to Ryan Kwans, Jessica Frey, Clayton Spivey, Kevin Donnelly, Mike Shaheen, Aaron Robertson, Scott St. Pierre, Mark Solera, and even Brandon Bryce, who listened to the RC St. Amour interviews when we thought she was still going to be on this season. Thanks for all the hard work, and I hope you enjoy the show. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's the guy who's starting to get very pumped up about the return of Survivor Blood versus Water, Rob Sestrinino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Rob Has a Podcast. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. We've got no guests. We're talking about a lot of clips. In this episode of Rob Has a Podcast, we are going to be hearing from seven of the returnees to Survivor Blood versus Water, and that's a little bit of a misnomer, and I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. But we are going to be talking to the people that are on the upcoming season of Survivor when they were on Rob as a Podcast. So, yeah, we're going to listen to some of the best clips from the people you're going to be watching from the season. As always, you always find some interesting gems when you go back and you listen to what was said to me on Rob has a Podcast from these people. So on this podcast, we are going to hear from Monica Culpepper, Tina Wesson, Kat Ederson, Hayden Moss, Colton Cumbie, Otis Bushkow's Kiss, and Tyson Apostle. So it's going to be a fun lineup here today. All of those people have been on the podcast. Sadly, no podcast appearances for Jervis, Laura from Survivor Samoa, Candace Woodcock, or Rupert, unfortunately. So uh, we didn't do quite as good as we did with Survivor 26, where we went a perfect 10 for 10 on returnees. So technically, we have six of the returnees and one of their loved ones here for you guys on the best of the Survivor 27 returnees podcast. But lots of fun stuff on this episode. We've got a very busy week coming up. For those of you guys who haven't been following us this summer because you're not interested in the Big Brother, then you definitely won't be interested in our live recap after the Big Brother Double Eviction on Thursday night with Ian Terry. But you most likely will be interested in, it's a Rob as a podcast tradition, Nicole and I will make our picks and predictions for Survivor 27 for the first time ever live uh, with you guys this upcoming Friday night. So that is going to be, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but let me open one up. So that is going to be on Friday night, September 6th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be live. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube to make sure uh, you can see the video after the fact or make sure you're subscribed uh, to the audio feed of Rob Has a Podcast and make sure you don't miss it that way. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes or if you're only interested in the Survivor stuff but you're only getting half the fun, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash Survivor Podcast to subscribe to the Survivor RHAP feed in iTunes. So also just a big thank you to everybody who has been uh, using our Amazon.com links 
to do all of their back-to-school shopping. Uh, it is a very hectic time of year. I remember this week uh, when I used to go to college, you have to get a bunch of stuff. You have to get a bunch of textbooks. Uh, it costs a fortune. You need to practically win Survivor to afford all your textbooks. Uh, Amazon.com has a lot of great deals. So if you are want to get a good deal on all your textbooks this semester and not spend a lot of money, you can use Amazon.com. Go to our link, robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. And we always, always, always appreciate it uh, when you guys do that because it does help support this podcast. All right, let's start off here with Monica Culpepper. Now, Monica Culpepper only had one appearance on Rob as a podcast. I spoke to her on March 15th, 2012, after she was eliminated from Survivor One World. What you're going to hear are two clips, one from the beginning of the interview, talking about her thoughts in the game and her opinion on somebody who she's going to play Survivor with a second time, Colton Cumby and what he had to do with her undoing in her first game. And then the second clip you're going to hear is a little bit about what her husband thought about her performance on Survivor 27. So let's go back out to March 15, 2012. And of course, all of the links to these podcasts that you're going to be hearing from will all be posted in the show page for this podcast. Go to robhaswebsite.com if you want to hear the full version of any of these interviews. And now, here's Monica. Monica, I can't uh, wrap my head around this. That uh, you know, I watched you on the Survivor, and uh, you know, I did not have high hopes for you going in. I did not. I thought that you might not be a hard worker. And I thought you might get uh, – I know that you have a very nice life, and I thought you might get out there on Survivor and after two days say, this is not for me. But that was not the case at all, Monica. Rob, how much did I surprise you, my friend? You surprised me a lot, but yeah, I, I didn't – Yeah, I think I did that to a lot of people. I think uh, CBS knew what they were getting, but based upon that uh, profile and the edit of the tapes and everything – I was sickened by what I saw, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you were surprised. I, I, uh, you know, I'm glad I changed your mind. Yes, you changed my mind, but you did not change the mind of anybody that you were playing Survivor with. It's what happened here. It seems like nobody wanted you around no matter where you were in this game. Oh, I'm sorry that you took it as that way. That, that wasn't the case <laughs> at all. Oh, that, okay. that wasn't the case at all. I, uh, as far as the women's tribe went, yeah, they were trump tight on that alliance of five quickly. But I knew, all right, I got to use some skills here and outwork everybody and prove my worth. And I did just that. Um, if if you were watching in episode two, Jeff says, let's revisit um, everybody's alliances. And he went around each woman in that alliance of five and said, if you knew what you know now, would your alliance be different? And every single one of the women, Sab, Chelsea, Kim, said absolutely. And I'd spent a lot of time with them after that, uh, you know, in, in that beginning. And I felt as if the four of us were going to connect and Christina there too and uh, make a switch and a blind side on our end. But unfortunately, we switched up before that was able to happen. Yeah. Well, I yeah I don't understand how they wanted to get rid of you this week. I, I didn't understand why did Colton want to target you out of anybody. I think that it, it seemed as though in the beginning of the episode, Colton was saying 
no, I want to be with Monica. Let me explain why. Um, early in the game, day two or day three, Colton came over and said, I need a mom. You know, he, he kind of gave me the name Mamaka. You know, I need my Mamaka. And he was very homesick and, and not feeling good about the game. Um, the worst situation for him was to play this game, men versus women. And I spent a lot of time with him and had a relationship with him and, and talked him into staying and, and, and told him, you know, you can't quit and you can't jeopardize your integrity. And one day you're going to be a parent and you're going to want to set an example for your children. And so for him, oh boy, he and I had a relationship and it was believable that it was Tarzan that was going to go and not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I think? I think that Colton wanted to get rid of you because you're not going to listen to all of his nonsense and follow him down into the abyss like the rest of this people on this new Monono tribe. Correct. And, you know, Rob, watching episode four was very difficult. Um, The women were not privy to what happened in that tribal council. It was very uncomfortable to watch the way (laughs) Leaf was treated, and it was very uncomfortable to watch the roasting that Bill got. And had I been privy to that information, I would never have wanted to be led by a person of that stature. And I would have done everything in my power to blindside and get him out. Yeah, the last thing you said last night on the episode was that all, what you had wanted so badly was for your husband, uh, who played in the NFL, to see you play in the Survivor Arena and be proud of you. Uh, what was your husband's reaction? upon uh, seeing your performance and your uh, domination in some of these challenges. He was so proud. My kids were so proud. And, uh, you know, it it, it was phenomenal. It's been a really neat experience for for my husband and my kids. But I was disappointed. I was really disappointed in me. The only comment I could say was, wow. But to go out there and be bitter is really not my style. And uh, I was let down. You know, I think the perception was based on the application. Obviously, I did not write that my occupation was NFL wife. I'm not shallow. (laughs) That was very demeaning. I did not write that. Obviously, I wrote that I was a physical therapist and a homemaker. But I think CBS deciding to put NFL wife as a moniker sells more tickets. And I don't blame them. Um, But uh, that was disappointing to me to see. Um, and I'm so much more than that, that that's not what defines me. You know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a civic minded volunteer. And I really feel like, uh, I did my community. I did my family. I did old teammates. I did my kids and and the youth groups that we volunteer with and do very proud. All right, there you have it. That is Monica Culpepper from Survivor One World. So you wonder, will there be any love lost between her and Colton and how much of a factor that's going to be in the early going of Survivor Blood versus Water? And then we do, we'll get to meet Mr. Brad Culpepper later on this season and see a little bit more of what that relationship is like. All right, so let's stick with One World and let's go with Cat. Ederson, who was a guest on Rob as a Podcast back in May of 2012, May 3rd, 2012, after she got eliminated from Survivor One World. And so what we're going to talk about with her, a little bit about her demise in the game, and then there's a very funny segment at the end of the interview talking about what it means when people write your name in capital letters at Tribal Council. 
Kat, are you there? Hi. Hey, is this Kat Edorson? <laughs> yes, it's Kat Ederson. How are you? Ederson. Oh, my God. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Kat, it's very good to talk to you. And uh, you sound like uh, things are going better than they were for you last night. Uh, yes, I had a whole pie to myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Today or after you got voted out? You know, I um, my mom, she gave me a uh, tub of milk and a huge key lime pie, and I um, destroyed that. I'm actually thinking I'm going to pick on some apple pie this morning, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kat, uh, Kat Ederson, uh, so let's get into this a little bit last night. So it seems like, uh, you know, everybody turned on you uh, last night, but it seemed like there were a bunch of different reasons why people – uh, wanted you out, Alicia decided all of a sudden you were too big of a threat in the game. But meanwhile, it seemed like Chelsea and Sabrina decided that you were too selfish and didn't deserve to be in the game. I mean, why did uh, the women ultimately turn on you? You know, it's it's a really it's a really sad moment for a little kitten when she uh, when that happened. When I was watching that last night when that all happened, because mind you, you don't you don't see anything during the game. Like I've never I never thought that Chelsea would ever say I never deserve to be a final three. But um, well, I think that all happened because of the the million dollar choice that I made. Everybody loves the family visit. Who doesn't love the family visit? But it is a curse. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> everyone loves everybody loves to be chosen for the family visit. If you're the chooser, you are dead. No matter what you decide, it is not going to be okay. Like, no matter mm. what, someone's going to be hurt. Someone's father is missing. Some, sorry, someone's father is sick. Someone's wife is there. Someone's, uh, you know, born born baby. They want to talk to them about their, about their child. Like, God forbid. Everybody, it's going to be a wrong decision no matter what. So that was my million-dollar decision. Um, at that time, I was ecstatic. I mean, you see me. I was crawling right. on the floor. I was so fired up. It was my first Talking to the language. And talking right. to the language. I mean, I, how many times have I talked that language? I mean, that was just like... <laughs> so um, when that happened and I picked my first one, ultimately, everyone was just like, whoa, like, you're going to pick Ken? Like, I would rather pick Kim and strategize with her than have Kim strategize without me at, at, um, during the tribe at camp. So ultimately, I was always going to pick Kim. Like, that was just somebody I was going to pick. But what we didn't see is that it was a long time before I decided the second decision. I was looking at Kim, and I was like, do it. You pick for me. I can't do this. Like, it was such a hard decision. Ultimately, my million-dollar mistake was picking Alicia. I should have never done that. I should have picked Sabrina or Chelsea. Now, mind you, everybody's all like, why would you pick Sabrina or Chelsea? Why wouldn't you pick Christina or, or Tarzan? That's the reason why everyone's upset and so it's calling you selfish. And I'm sitting here to myself, like, you wouldn't be calling me selfish if I picked you. I felt really, like, belittled. And I felt yeah. really like everybody was just attacking me, and I didn't understand why. Like, I had, I was so devastated. I mean, you saw the look in my face. Like, the first thing I do is I shoot my eyes right to Kim, and she couldn't even look at me. And then I shoot my eyes right to Chelsea, and she couldn't even look at me. I shoot my eyes to Alicia, and then all I see is just, like, my name being capitalized. Like, it's not even, I mean, come on. It's not even, like, a little cat with a negative smiley face. Capitalized letters, Rob. <laughs> like, are you yeah. kidding me? Are you kidding me? So I was just, <laughs> I was shocked. It's like I texting. So if you capitalize what? your, if you, it's like texting. If you capitalize your vote, it means uh, more. 
Oh my God! Um, did you see me? I mean, when I, I when I when I wrote, oh, it's such a big deal. It is a huge deal. Alicia put dots around my name as if she, oh, do to do. I have so much time to eliminate Cat, so I'm gonna put some <laughs> dots all over her name. Like, are you, wow. are you kidding me? Like that was so terrible. Like you see it in my eyes. Like I was just like so shocked. And I'm telling you right now, Rob. Like I've never been so low in my entire life. I've I've never felt that way. Like I I legitimately like just felt like if I jumped over like this this uh the, into the ocean and just swam away and just kept swimming, I still wouldn't be able to feel my body freeze. Like I was just so <laughs> numb. I was so I it it was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, uh, Kat, I think we're we're gonna have to have you on again. You have so much to say. <laughs> I would love to. Anytime. I don't get me wrong. Like this, uh, this game is my life. Um, this this game's uh, your life. Something. This is. Yeah, it's something that I would. I. I would. I would breathe and live for. Like it's something that I never knew possible that could change me so well. I have so much that I want to. Because I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but if you saw, if you watched the show, if you watched the game when Party first got on, she was cute and fun and sweet, and then she came back and she kicked ass. All I want to do is kick someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kat, uh, Kat Ederson, uh, thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Okay. Thanks, Rob. I'll see you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. There you have it. That was Kat. Don't call me Edorson. Ederson. So, Kat and it was a big dust up a little bit with some of the listeners back in May of 2012 because that was back when we used to do Rob has a web show in the mornings for those of you guys who have been listening for that long and i announced on that show with that we would pick who we thought was going home and i had said well, i think cat is going home because she started following me on twitter today and people got very upset and felt like that I was giving away a spoiler because that she was – I thought she started following me because she was going to be speaking to me the next day. And that was – a lot of people were upset about that. But it was not an intentional spoiler. I just – I have realized over the course of doing the show for almost four years now that people don't like when you include that sort of circumstantial evidence when you make your prediction. So I try to keep everything with what I see on the screen at this point. So Kat said, look, Parvati in her first time, she was cute and fun and sweet, and then she kicked butt in her second time around. So we'll see if Kat can follow the Parvati 2.0 model that we saw on Survivor Fans versus Favorites. Now, Kat's loved one is also a previous guest on the Rob Has a Podcast. And so Hayden Moss, the winner of Big Brother 12, which was the first season of Big Brother that we started podcasting about on Rob Has a Podcast. We're now finishing up our fourth season of Big Brother Podcasting. But way back when, in 2010, we followed Hayden's exploits all summer in the house. And through Twitter, we became friendly with Hayden. And Hayden became a member of the second annual uh, Rob Has a Fantasy Football League. I'm not sure if he was in the first one or not. But he was the winner of Rob Has a Fantasy Football League 2, in addition to being the winner of Big Brother. So we'll see if he can go for the Triple Crown when he takes a shot at Survivor 27. So... 
Back when we used to do Rob Has a Web Show, we used to do it on Wednesday mornings. And so we would bring in some of the guests from Rob Has a Fantasy Football League, too. And so we talked to Hayden Moss a little bit about what had gone on towards the end of Big Brother 14, which had just ended. And somehow we even tied in a little bit back to Survivor. So here is Hayden Moss. This is from September 24th, 2012. Jeffrey Bamberg has a question for Hayden. How foolish and forced did it feel to film the Brigade get-together for the recent Big Brother episode? It felt forced as a viewer. Uh, I did think that was funny when you guys got together and were in the diner. And I think Lane was like, uh, so you guys watching Big Brother this season? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, we're in a diner Um, being filmed by a camera crew. (laughs) And we got on planes to come here. (laughs) It, it was it was fun. Like I'm close with all those guys still, so it it didn't seem forced for me. Um, maybe you know between Matt and Enzo, and, and, and they, they we all get along good, so it wasn't necessarily forced. Uh, but you know some t- parts were awkward. You know the cameras in the face, they're asking us questions. Here we are bashing Brittany, who we all love, and um, but yeah. you know it, it it turned out good. It, it, it was fun. And we're happy. Matt Hoffman is officially back in the brigade. I knew he was out at one point. Is he? He's back in. He's been reinstated. I mean, it depends who you're asking. Uh, if you ask me, yeah, Matt, Matt will always be a part of the brigade. Yeah, he, he's uh, yeah, let- he's part of the reason we made it far. I mean, without him, the first half of the show, we, you know, we sucked. Yeah. So, are you guys uh, saying now? Could you like kick people out and in? Like, uh, is Dan out of the quack pack, or we have to ask Ian? Now? Have to ask Ian. I think Dan might be out of the quack pack. <laughs> I, he's, he probably is. He might no, be out of the say- quack pack. My opinion that Dan – okay, you ask Ian. Dan's out of the quack pack from, from my point of view, but uh, it is what it is. Dan played a killer game this year, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, unbelievable I, I record, game. I, if, <laughs> I don't think Dan ever really thought he was in the quack pack. <laughs> Just everybody else thought he was in the quack pack. Yes. Yeah, Dan, right. uh, Dan did a great job. Uh, did you think that Dan should have won the second time, or, or do you think that the, Ian should have won? Um, that's tough. I actually was rooting for Ian. But yeah. Dan's game was was out of control. Um, but one thing with, with the game is you have to remember, you know, sending people to jury is part of the game. And if you send them to the jury super bitter, they're going to have those feelings. It's like Russell, Russell Hans from Survivor. You know, he played one of the best Survivor games of all time, but then the jury was super bitter, so they didn't vote for him. Um, so yeah. you can say Dan kind of got Russell Hans, uh, BB version. <laughs> yeah, I would say he so. He definitely did. Now, what do we make of Hayden saying that Russell Hance played one of the greatest games of all time on Big Bro- on Survivor? So we'll see if Hayden follows Russell's footsteps, which I don't think that he would. I suspect that Hayden will play Survivor much like he played Big Brother, which was actually very well, didn't make a lot of enemies. So we'll see. I'm very much looking forward to watching Hayden on Survivor. I'm so happy that they did this. I I really am. I know a lot of people are not Big Brother fans, and they probably are like, hey, get your peanut butter out of my chocolate. But I am very happy that they did this, and I'm really glad that they crossed the streams like this. So let's go back way back, both in terms of the player and the podcast. So way back in December of 2010, during Survivor Nicaragua, I talked to my old friend, 
Tina Wesson. And we had a little bit of a walk down memory lane as we talked about an experience that we shared together. We were both early boots on Survivor All-Stars. And Tina and Rudy and myself went on a vacation down to Patagonia, which is in the southern tip of Argentina. And Tina has some fond memories with me from this trip. Tina knew me from back in my wild bachelor days <laughs> when we, Tina and I spent uh, almost a month together. Uh, we were on a, a wild adventure. We were in Patagonia, Argentina. Yes. And my favorite, favorite, favorite memory from that adventure is you on the horse. Oh boy! Uh-oh. See, <laughs> Tina, Tina made. <laughs> I would did not. I did not want to go on an adventure. I said, uh, "This survivor is survivor's over. Uh, leave me alone. This is a uh, this is horrible. I just want to go home." And Tina is is a, a much better person than I am because she says, "I'm going to make the most uh, out of a bad experience." And Tina had a great time. Well, Tina had a good attitude. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Tina had a good attitude. Oh gosh! I tell you what, that was so. Funny, so very funny. And it's not—I don't mean to laugh at your expense. I really don't, because sometimes okay. those things can be horrifying. But yeah, no, I'm used to it. Tina. His horse was—I think—was it the pots and the pans that went up underneath the girth and started kicking and bucking and. Yeah, well, just just as a, yeah, Tina, uh, Tina, and Rudy and I went to, went on a uh, to basically the bo- the bottom of Argentina. Uh-huh. To a place called Patagonia, and we went on all these all these sort of uh, outdoor adventure things that you wouldn't necessarily picture me on. Not very adventurous. Including, we w- went on a like three day trek on a, on a horse, <laughs> and and my horse uh, at one point decided that he was going. There was like a, a really low branch, and my horse like, oh, I can fit underneath this, <laughs> not not caring about the the nice young man on top of the horse. Oh God! Not fun. <laughs> but Not you got back you're up Tina. on that horse, and you did your three days. But yes, we we did it. <laughs> I was proud of you. So in addition to having such a fun time laughing at my misfortune on the horse, we also got to speak with Tina about her previous close call with going back to the show. And we'll let Tina tell you about that. She was almost on Survivor Heroes versus Villains. And then we'll bring it all back around to Tina's thoughts on playing the game again. Uh. Tina, how come you weren't on the Heroes versus Villains? Wouldn't you have been a, 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 as good of a hero, yeah. as good of a hero as some of these other these other people they brought back? Well, it, it hurt my feelings a little bit. I got to yeah. say, uh, they did ask me to be an alternate, which I declined. Um, yeah. I did go out because CBS actually they could not make up their minds what they were uh, going to do. I think there was some dispute between casting and. Um, the higher-ups at CBS, so they flew a lot of people out for different concepts that they had in mind. So I went out, and I got seven more shots, did all my psychological evaluations again, and went through the whole process. And uh, so whatever whatever concept they had me down for, they apparently didn't choose, and went with this Heroes and Villains, and I guess maybe because they already had two people from our season. Yeah. And, uh, well, it didn't stop them the last time. There was five people from your season. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> On the All-Stars there were, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, that's, that's one of the things about, you know, you have to have some tough skin to, to be able to handle some of the stuff that goes on with this survivor stuff. Yeah. Let's let's see Nicole. Who should, let's let's look at the the heroes. Who should uh, let's bump somebody and put Tina on? Okay, so who, who do we got? Well, Sari, she deserves to be there. See, yeah, well, she should have been a villain. Oh yeah, she, she should have been a villain. Put but her on the villain. We didn't know that because we thought she was still the same sweet Sari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Who, who else is there? Um, is sure. Rupert? Well, no, with the girls. Oh, the girls, right? Uh, Stephanie, you got to keep Stephanie. You got to keep I Stephanie. Think, I think. Uh, oh, then Candace. Okay, we're gonna bump Candace. Tina. Yeah, Candace is out. You're She's in. very nice, Doctor Candace. But Tina, you're you're in instead of Candace. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, but, but then you say, oh wait, Tina and Colby are on the same team. They're gonna have an alliance. Oh well. Okay. We'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does, I can see where it gets complicated. Yeah. I know, and I agree very much. So. Um, but, and I'm like you, I'm sure you'd go back in a New York minute if given the opportunity. Well, I have to ask Nicole. Oh, okay. But I'm sure she'd let you. It depends what I'm doing. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, there's just something about, you know, there, we would never have signed up for the show if we weren't passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just something about that challenge and the adventure of Survivor that is so, it's, it's not a drug, but it's, it's exciting. You know, I was, a, I was a therapeutic recreation major, so I love playing games, and oh. I, I love being challenged like that. So, and Tina's good at Scrabble, too. What? Tina's good at Scrabble, too. Oh, I love travel. Yes, I do. <laughs> but, you know, as you know, it's, you travel to that one Spot and you don't get to do much from that one spot, but you know, getting voted off, I found out, isn't all that bad. You know, having that adventure in Patagonia for me was was so much fun. Yeah, and see, Tina, I only like adventures when I'm playing Survivor. Otherwise, I'd rather I'd rather not be on an adventure. Otherwise, he's quite boring. <laughs> so, with that said, would you go back if asked? <laughs> well, I I mean. Uh... Okay, I, Nicole, I prob- hold your ears, Nicole. Don't listen. <laughs> I'm not listening. No, in all fair, I mean, I, prob- I, I think that most most of the survivors, if asked, would would go back. But uh-huh. I do have to say, the biggest, you know, uh, to go to go out early again was I did not enjoy that time. No, that was <laughs> that's the biggest. Like I would, that was worse for me than being on the show and starving and yeah. and and all that stuff. So that's. A lot to a lot to weigh a lot to weigh in. But you got to roll the dice. You got to roll the dice. Yeah. You do, and you've got to have that mindset. You know, my, you know, going from first to worst—that's not a lot of fun. I got to say. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, my kind of whole mantra in life is to just, you know, see as much as I can, do as much as I can do, and it afforded me that opportunity. And getting to go to Patagonia for me was just. That was that was great for me, you know, mm-hmm. but that falls into the things that I really, really love. If I did not like to go do those kind of things, I could see where it would be absolutely miserable. Oh, poor Dr. Candace doesn't even get any respect in the podcast from 2010. We were going to bump her off of 
the old heroes versus villains uh, to put Tina on. So we'll see. It's funny when you go back and listen to these things of the people's names that come up at certain times and then they end up on the island together. It really is funny when you listen to these shows. There was a ton of things like that in the Survivor 26 Returnees podcast. And you just you never know where life is going to take any of us and these people that we're talking about now. They could be on the island or they could be your best friend or they could be your worst enemy. So it's so fun when you go back and listen to all these. That's why I like to do these podcasts so much. So next up on the list is a man who was very controversial in his day from Survivor One World, Colton Cumbie. Now, Colton Cumbie actually has made four different appearances on Rob Has a Podcast. We spoke to him when he was first eliminated from Survivor back on March 22nd, 2012. We spoke to him during Survivor Philippines last November. Uh, he was also the vi- the champion of Survivor Jeopardy back on November 27th, 2012. And then he filled in for Corinne on the Survivor Caramoan preview podcast back in February of 2013. But we are going to jump into that conversation with Colton from Survivor Philippines on November 3rd, 2012. Now, we all remember the game that Colton played on Survivor One World, and he ended up leaving a bad taste in many, many people's mouths with the way that he played and the whole thing with Bill Posley and all of the bad stuff that he said during the show. And there was several different ugly incidents on the show. But at the same time, he was playing a strategic game. And so we got into talking a bit about what would Colton's second act be like if he were to ever play the game once again. So let's go back to November 3rd, 2012. Let's see. And then uh, another one here from uh, John Raddich. He wants to know, I was actually a big fan of Colton's gameplay in One World. However, his behavior was awful and potentially hurt his game had he made it to the end. I would like to know if Colton came back, would he keep his main strategy and change his attitude, or would he play the same way knowing how it would be portrayed on TV? Oh, God, no. I would never play the same. You know, even if I wouldn't have been horrible, I wouldn't play the same way. I mean, I think that only works for, you know, Sandra. I... I would not, I don't know. I don't think you can go into Survivor and play the exact same way and accept, expect to do well. But no, for me, definitely. I would try to keep my mouth shut more. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, my personality is just, you know, I am inappropriate. Like, I say inappropriate things. Like, I, you know, I, but it's, it's supposed to be funny. Like, it's all in good fun. You know, like, it's, I have a warped sense of humor sometimes. And I don't really mean anybody harm. And, like, I really don't hate anyone, but it's like, you know, if I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. Like, I'll buy you a drink and, like, make it all better. But it's just, you know, I guess I kind of see myself as a sit-down comedian. (laughs) (laughs) But could you be different? Like, was that the the real you uh, on the show last time? Is it possible for you to play a different way, or are we just kidding ourselves and you would be exactly the same way? No, um, I think, you know, that was me, but it was me under certain circumstances. Like, there was stuff going on before I left for Survivor. Um, Like, you know, I was in some personal situations and stuff like that. But, you know, I think it was a side of me that, like, I don't like to bring out often. But 
So no, I'm not going to say it wasn't me, but you know, I do think it's possible for me to play differently. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, after, for one thing, Survivor humbled me in the sense of, you know, Survivor fans, they have a way of doing that. They can definitely, they can humble, you know, even the most like arrogant of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, let me ask you one, one more question. It's sort of along the same lines. Uh, this is from Frank Clark. He wants to know, serious, he's a serious question. And I honestly don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Were you embarrassed when you watched the show when it was airing? And if so, did you realize that you could possibly be portrayed as a despicable human being prior to the season? Or was it after he started seeing his edit, did the excitement of being on the show deflate like a balloon? So I guess the, the question is, when you were out there, were you saying like, "Oh man, this is going to be like uh, I'm, you know, I'm being hilarious right now. I'm killing it," or yeah. like, and you I know, think, what, you know, and I'm not going to blame anyone because I mean it was me doing it, but you know, like the producers, like I mean, I was kind of like their little production pet. Like you know, they, they, I was always getting pulled for interviews, and it was because you know I was saying all these things and doing all this stuff and. I mean, I just remember thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get lots of airtime. Like, you know, da, da, da. You did? I never thought I'm going to like a horrible human being. I mean, I remember, like, <laughs> it was just a few weeks ago, I have my season DVR'd, and, like, I was on episode four, and literally, like, I want to punch myself in the face. Like, I'm like, you are such a fucking idiot. Like, shut up. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I think even, like, without the backlash, I mean, definitely the backlash was the main thing that made me realize, like, oh my God, like, I was horrible. But, just watching that is embarrassing. Like, even if, you know, no one was going to see that except for, like, my friends and family, I would still, like, want to hide under the table. Like, let's say I was at a class reunion and, like, they were just going to play that and, you know, no one else in the world was going to see it. Like, I would still want to hide under the table because it's just, it is embarrassing. So, yes, to answer the question, I was embarrassed. Um, it was after the fact, like, once things started airing. And I think, you know, when you're in the moment, I don't think you realize it you know, I've said this in the interview before, like when someone films you and it's like, I'm going to show you how horrible you are. And like, you have to watch yourself back on tape. I think that's really an eye-opening experience. So it remains to be seen if Colton will be able to get through survivor 27 without talking too much smack about his fellow players, but he was not able to get through. Rob has a podcast without talking some smack about somebody that he would be playing survivor 27 with from that same podcast in November, 2012. Here's Colton answering a question from Ron Chan. Uh, all right, here's a two-part question for you. This is coming from uh, Ron Chan, okay? Okay. Part one. Uh, Colton, are you going to join Amanda Kimmel as the only two former Survivor players to endorse Rupert Boneham for governor of Indiana? To endorse who? Uh, Survivor Rupert for governor. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Why not? I didn't even endorse Rupert for America's Tribal Council. That was the biggest of the <laughs> I've ever the election seen. is around the corner. Is it? Uh, is he running on the Republican ticket? No, he is running as a as a uh, libertarian. Of course he is. <laughs> so you will not you will not endorse Rupert as governor of Indiana. Sure, I don't care. I don't live there. <laughs> Whatever. Like, <laughs> All right, fair if, enough. If Rupert wants to screw up Indiana, what is it to me? Like I don't care. <laughs> 
All right, the next returnee up is somebody who's become one of the great guests of Rob Has a Podcast, and that would be the winner of Survivor Panama, Otis Bushcow's Kiss, uh, who I did not know particularly well before he was a guest on Rob Has a Podcast, but I have come to know him pretty well over the last year and a half, two years that we've been having him on the show. And he is really, really one of the most engaging guests that we have on the show. I am going to miss having a podcast with him, but we've got a couple of great moments uh, with Adas. So let's start out here from during Survivor One World. This was from Adas's first appearance ever on the show on March 29th, 2012. We're going to talk about a little bit about Otis as a player and Otis's thoughts on playing the game with all stars as opposed to playing it with people playing for the first time. I think you're a great Goldilocks. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've never been told that before, but I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Because again, I mean if you if you're too uh, you know, any one thing, uh people are gonna say, gotta get rid of this person, he's a threat. And I yeah. think that you uh, benefited on your season, that, and you're a, a great athlete and a and a physical threat. But you had Terry there, yeah, uh, who and was somebody took all the flack. Yeah, more of an outlier as far as an. You go, you're on any other season. People say, "Got to get rid of Artis. He's going to win all the immunities." Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's it, it, it was it was kind of like classic um, Machiavellian um, opportunity for me, right? You, you get the focus on some external, which was Terry. And I certainly didn't create this. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. But all the focus of the tribe is on the enemy, Terry, who we can't get rid of. So the actual internal threats aren't really seen. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. So you think a w- winner survivor would be boring. Um, I think you'd be – you're in position well, though, I think. If you, if, you went, if you went back, I don't think that you know the target – would be on you. You have a lot of these other guys that people say we got to get rid of. Uh, I think you could sneak in there. Yeah. I mean, it would be an interesting, it would be interesting. I I don't know how I would do. I don't think I would go home first, but um, you never know. Oh, and then Uh, it would be so ironic that you'd be sitting there with all the first people off and say, Oh, 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 what? Yeah. Wouldn't that (laughs) be? Look at you. (laughs) Wouldn't that be my destiny? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I, I remember what, I don't know how it was for you on your season, but on my season, I really thought I could have gone home first, mm-hmm. especially because we were in such small tribes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, I was like, wow, if we lost this thing, if we lost that challenge, we, you know, and it was down to four of us, it could have easily been me going home. Yeah. Well, on the all-stars. I, really didn't, I, I, for, I mean, I think in an all-stars game, people know the game, so they're ready. Mm-hmm. Everybody's ready, and it's not so much like uh, there's, there's not that – that initial part of the game where people are afraid to vote people off or afraid to make alliances. I think within all sets, people jump into alliances right away, but in a normal season, people are a little tentative at first. And I certainly was like, I wasn't ready to play the game until we actually merged into two tribes. Now, many faithful Rob has a podcast listeners will know that Otis is, of course, the inventor of the world-famous Tundra hat, which you could check out at tundragear.com. And uh, lots of questions always come up for Otis about the Tundra hats when he's on the show. And here we get from a question for Otis from Brandon Glenn about the aesthetics of certain survivors wearing the Tundra hat. All right, and last question. Uh, this is from Brandon Glenn. He wants to know, 
what survivors would look best in a tundra hat? Do you have the answer to this question? <laughs> Which survivors would look best in the tundra hat? Um, well, I think, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the tundra hat doesn't make ugly people look better. Yeah. Um, uh, but thankfully, Survivor is quite biased in who they cast. They don't cast very many ugly people. Rob, can you think of an ugly person who's been on Survivor? Oh, uh, well, uh, I will try not to be uh, too self-deprecating. Uh, yeah, let's not answer. do that. You're a handsome gentleman. Uh, <laughs> you're a, if you, come on. You're, uh, you're a very handsome fella. Yeah. I, I've been told I have a face for podcasting. Uh, but, uh, you've got that, that radio face. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are uh, you know, more aesthetically pleasing survivors uh, than others. Um, I, I, are you asking me to name who are the ugliest survivors? Is that the question? <laughs> I right kind now? of was calling you out. I mean, if you're comfortable with that, I, I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> not going to do it. I think that's why I kind of shucked the responsibility on oh, well, the question, you. Didn't, you didn't have to turn it around. They asked you what survivors would look best in a Tundra hat. You don't have to tell us who would look the worst in a Tundra hat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went there. It's a, this. There's a lot of shadow over me right now. I'm going in a dark place. Um, <laughs> who would look best place. in a tundra hat? Well, my favorite survivors, um, I think Bobby John is very handsome. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Kat Anderson is very beautiful. Yes. Um, I think that... Um, How about this? Who could pull it off? Give us, give us a couple of guys and a couple of girls. Uh, mostly any, any attractive well, girl is gonna, looks good in the tundra hat. So we, we pretty my, much know... I think the most attractive female on Survivor, in my humble opinion, was Tina. And, and that's only because... Tina Wesson? Yeah, she has such a, a wonderful personality that she's my favorite. Um, and, um, and, and the other reason that I give you that answer is because I'm pretty sure that my girlfriend will be listening. Yeah, I was going to say, not really coming off like a so, straight shooter here with the <laughs> Tina answer. No, I think... Well, if, if you give me a season, I'll choose who I think were the most beautiful. How about we play that? <laughs> uh, how about... All right, Survivor, Survivor Philippines. We don't have to go through all the seasons. Okay, That's all right. Survivor Philippines. Um, my, my favorite is, or, or was, Angie. Yes. She would look um, very, I, very uh, good in a, a Tundra hat, depending on yeah. which team. Yeah. Again, but I, uh, I, 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 actually, she was my favorite, but, but there was no strong, strong favorite this season for me. Last season felt like a bit of an aberration in terms of the, the level of beauty. In the good way or the bad way? In a good way. This well, season, not so much. Yeah. I mean, not that anyone's bad looking, but there's just no one who I'm like, whoa. Okay. Typically, uh, the way that I watch Survivor, I watch it with my girlfriend, and we get to choose one person <laughs> from each season who could be a free cheat. Whoa! Uh, I mean, it's is... all hypothetical. We don't actually do it. Yeah, I mean, it'd I be mean a little you can't. Bit, it would be a little bit unfair since I'm the one that gets to go to Survivor. Yeah, I was going to say, I you have can't have that. You, it leads to a lot of awkward conversations. If you... Well, see, last season, Christy's favorite was Jay. Yeah. And when Jay got voted out, she was really disappointed. And, and last season, my favorite... Well, and, and we and we do it from the start, so we don't get to know them. We like look at the pictures and we choose before yeah. we see them. My favorite was Cat. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, you know that's just that's just the way. Yeah. The I'm way not. It even, I'm so glad Nicole's not even on this podcast. I, I'm not even going to tell her about this game. This game exists. Yeah, don't. In fact, let's just delete this whole section. <laughs> Go on. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, for me, this clip is sort of like the drop your coffee mug at the end of Usual Suspects type thing. So when asked about who is the most attractive survivor, Otis comes up with Tina Wesson. And then when he talks about who his one freebie is, 
from his girlfriend was Cat from Survivor One World. So uh, very weird that both of those people come up in that conversation uh, with Otis in the same clip, no less. So I wonder if there will be some friction during Survivor 27 if the information gets out that Otis's one freebie where his girlfriend can't even get mad at him if he cheats on her would be Kat Ederson. So we'll have to watch for that. So one more clip from Otis from the most recent podcast that I had done with him. This was from March 21st, 2013, almost exactly one year after Otis's original appearance on Rob has a podcast, and this was a really, really fun show. Otis came to my house that night. This is about a two-hour and 45-minute podcast. I think we finished recording this around, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. We called Ethan Zahn. We played the Who Said This, Brandon Hance or Mel Gibson. It's a very, very fun show, and this is a clip from that where we are talking about, well, it's another one of these things that's really eerie. Yeah, I just kind of feel like had they cut Shamar earlier, I feel like maybe the, there could have been some hope for unity. For reconciliation. For reconciliation. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to be fair. I, I, Is there a Survivor lesson to be learned here for future Survivor players? If somebody who's going on Survivor 27 is listening to this podcast, should they, if there's a problem person early on should they be thinking hey this is my philip or should they be thinking hey this guy is an anchor he could totally bring us down i i, I think it's tough because i, I my my first gut, my gut is to say go with numbers it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what what the number looks like if it's a number go with it but at the same time sorry i, I need to take off for a second. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna be able to hear that some motorcycles uh, like a motor the hell's angels are driving by um it, okay so my, my gut is to go with numbers uh, but but at the same time, I, I also believe people both vote based, you know, mostly on emotion. And I think that somebody like Shamar is going to make you feel really unsafe and is going to de- destroy team unity. Mm-hmm. So in this in this situation, I would have said it, it would have been better for them to get rid of Shamar. But it's so hard to tell. You know, I think I, I don't think Survivor should be casting somebody like Shamar. And that's not a knock on Shamar. That's that's just like he didn't belong out there. He didn't ha- he couldn't cope with with what was happening and created an injury to get himself out of the game. I just think it's an overlooked part of the game. And maybe the, the younger me wouldn't feel this way, but after, you know, this is the 26th season of the show. I feel like it, it gets lost somewhere along the way of in the first part of the game, you need to build up a team of these are the people I want to go all the way with this. This is a a cohesive unit that right. this this group of six people or whatever is greater than the sum of its parts. So you're kind of kind of like the 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 the, the quote in uh, Kurt Russell's quote in the Miracle was that what it's called Miracle on Ice or something when he said I'm not looking for the best players I'm looking for the right players and maybe that's right and I don't think it under any in any equation. Shamar was one of the yeah, yeah. best or right players to move forward with, even if, hey, I'm going to beat him at the end. But now chances are it's going to be, you know, how many fans are going to be left on, you know, day 30? And, and that's the, pr- the problem is, is that it's really hard to create the best alliance because you, typically you want to take the first alliance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to say no to this one. And, be, be, and and then if you're looking for the best alliance and you accept the first alliance, now you've put yourself in a really mm-hmm. tough situation because now you have to break that first alliance 
and you've set yourself up to be untrustworthy. Yeah, and it's boring to watch, but the people who've done it over the last couple of years, I mean, Boston Rob in Survivor Redemption Island, you have to look look at that, what he was, what he was able to do uh, and give him credit for keeping the original Philip around to be his Philip, uh, even though people got, but he was such a good leader right. that he was able to like, you know, act like to Philip. Hey, Philip, you know, it's me and you. And then act like to the other people. Hey, Philip's crazy. Um, so they were able to, you know, you know, keep their numbers strong. Right. Coach did it. Did you know he followed the same exact playbook on his season in uh, when he went back on on South Pacific, and you know, With and Cochran. Ki- yeah, and then and then he was able actually when he needed Cochran, he was able to bring Cochran into the fold. And then when he didn't need Cochran, he was able to dispose of Cochran. The, the power of Greek mythology. <laughs> yes, with the power <laughs> of Greek mythology, and Kim also did uh, you know a, a good job with this also. Yeah, no, I, I, I realizing think, that her original women's group of but I think five, if, you, if you look at all those, they weren't the best alliances. They were the first alliances. So some interesting stuff there from Otis about his thoughts on alliances. But really, the, the crazy thing is, yes, Rob, if somebody from Survivor 27 is listening to this podcast, what should they do? How about if the person sitting next to you is on Survivor 27, what would they do? So very, very interesting when you go back and, and listen to this stuff. So if you go back and listen to any of these podcasts from the returnees, that one from last March with Otis, that's a very, very fun one. One of my favorite podcasts that we've ever done on Rob as a podcast. All right. So we've talked about Otis. Now we're going to switch gears to another one of the great friends of Rob as a podcast, Tyson Apostle. Tyson has made appearances on Rob has a podcast on Survivor 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25. We did not talk to him last spring because uh, he was not inclined to talk about Survivor uh, last spring, but we've also talked to Tyson. We did a Piranha 3 Double D podcast. So Tyson has been on the podcast many, many times. So let's go ahead, and I think that these we have three different clips that I want to play for you from Tyson, and the first of which is from a conversation we had with him on April 1st, 2011, way back during Survivor Redemption Island, and we were talking a bit about the idea of the players voting out Boston Rob so he doesn't win the fan favorite, and we end up getting into discussing the one person from Survivor on the season that Tyson has past history with, the person that he was on Survivor Heroes versus Villains with, Rupert Boneham, in this clip. Yeah. At some point, do you think these players say to themselves, look, like uh, not only is Boston Rob going to win this game, he's also going to win this $100,000 fan favorite if we don't if we don't get him off by like 8 or 9 weeks left in the season. Right. Like conceivably, he could get off next week and still win the fan yeah. favorite for the season. Yeah. This tribe is definitely not thinking about it, that. It's really between him and Philip at yeah. this point. Yeah, and I They're don't not thinking. I don't think so either. I don't think that that they're thinking about that at all. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's second on your mind. It's get the million however you can. And then once the season's over and you find out that you fucked yourself over, then <laughs> you're like, damn, I hope I get the fan favorite. Cause at least this whole thing won't have been a waste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, nobody was th- thinking about that or talking about that on heroes versus villains. I mean, you could you, definitely people were thinking about it the way people were handing it up for the camera and stuff. 
you could tell that people were definitely thinking about it, but nobody was saying anything. And I mean, if they were thinking about it that hard, they would have gotten rid of Rupert a lot earlier than they did. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't end up winning that, but still it's like, he's got a broken toe allegedly. Yeah. And he's, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's like, I've had a broken toe a bunch of times and I didn't even know it. And then I go get an x-ray and the doctor's like, you had a broken toe one time. I'm like, oh, that's probably right because my toe hurt like yeah. hell for six months. And, and you were like, roar! Yeah, I was like, and I spit when I talked. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> my toe was broken the whole time. Well, it was like bent backwards better. and forwards and then backwards again. It was a compound <laughs> fracture on my toe. The bone was jutting out of the skin. <laughs> it wasn't even like that. It looked normal to me. And so it doesn't sound that Tyson is the biggest Rupert fan. Don't look for an early alliance between Tyson and Rupert on Survivor 27. So let's go to later on in 2011, going back to December 8th, 2011. Now, 2011, of course, on Survivor was the year of Redemption Island, where we had Redemption Island on the appropriately named Survivor Redemption Island and on Survivor South Pacific. And one of the things that had been a recurring theme, if you listen to the Tyson podcast, is that Tyson has problems with the game of Survivor because Tyson feels like no matter what happens, if he goes back to Survivor, he's always going to lose because people are going to vote him out because he's too much of a threat. And in this scenario, I outline a way that I think Tyson could win the game of Survivor. Tyson, let me make the scenario where you do win the game because I uh, agree with everything you said that you're you're in any Survivor game, and uh, j- just like I think that I would that people would say, oh, we've got to get rid of Rob. He talks to all the Survivors on a podcast. Right. He's fr- he knows all these people that uh, he's he has a he's sneaky. So <laughs> that being said, uh, just like you, uh, Tyson, he's very he's very athletic. We, he's he's really good in the challenges. We got to vote him out. You lose one challenge, you're done. But then you go to Redemption Island, Tyson. Oh, oh my gosh, I would clean up that show, dude. And now all of a sudden, you win every Redemption Island, and all of a sudden you come back into the game, and you're right there at the end. Yeah, that I thought of that too. I was like, dude, if they had Redemption Island on any of my seasons, and barring obviously a challenge where it's just like dumb luck. Yeah. They uh, do throw in once in a while to make things interesting or for, you know, maybe they just had a brain fart and were like, I don't want to think about a challenge today. We'll just do this thing where they throw rocks blindfolded. Yeah. Not that lazy, but yeah. that challenge, <laughs> sounds dangerous. you didn't listen to the end of that challenge. That was an awesome challenge. They throw rocks blindfolded at an imaginary target and whoever gets closest to that imaginary target, <laughs> wins fucking immunity it's brilliant <laughs> wow yeah isn't that a brilliant challenge <laughs> so they can basically choose whoever they want to win that but yeah i mean a redemption island scenario would definitely benefit me and it has kept some of the stronger players in the game for a lot longer if not all the way to the end mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like for a guy like you or a guy like ozzy it's like sometimes when I'm playing monopoly and then i have no money near the end of the game I, it's like i'm happy when i have to go to jail and I could just go to jail for three turns. You get your 200 bucks. And I don't, right. have to, I don't have to roll the dice and land on anybody's houses and hotels and pay them money. I'm like, I'll just stay in jail. 
I'll just stay over yeah, here. You don't have to think about anything. And all you have to do is worry about preserving yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you don't have to worry about any gameplay. It would be awesome. So we haven't talked much about Redemption Island yet for this upcoming season, but it definitely does play into Tyson's hands. Tyson is very good at the challenges, and I wonder if his girlfriend gets voted out, Would how many times would he take the challenge there? And can anybody beat Tyson at Redemption Island? So that's going to be very fun to watch. Now, this last clip is a v- pretty funny clip. This is from last November. I think I did a long podcast with Tyson. It was like the day, the Friday after Thanksgiving. And we talked about a lot of stuff. And Tyson wasn't really watching Survivor Philippines. So he we didn't talk too much about the game, but we talked about a lot of other stuff. It's a funny show from November of last year. And this is a, a pretty lengthy clip that I'm going to play for you that starts off with Tyson's respect for the deal that Penner didn't take where Lisa Welchel and Mike Scoopin came to him and said, hey, we want to have a deal with you guys. And Penner was like, can I get back to you on that and so they got back to him and then they voted him out and so tyson said that he appreciated that sort of devil may care attitude and then we ended up getting into a conversation about tyson's strategy should he get to a final three scenario and get ready this is about a a 10 minute clip here now you have to take it for what it is which is a game and if, when you take it too serious, it ends up biting you in the ass and you end up being bitter the rest of your life over a show that was a super popular show about eight years ago or 10 years ago when you were on it. <laughs> and now it's, it's still, uh, it's, it's still a blank show. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not something that they're going to get rid of because it doesn't have that for viewership. It's still a pretty high ranking show for CBS. Yeah. I mean, so, well, it depends why you're on the show. Viewers. It's not like 40 million viewers. Like when you were on it, that's how it was. Yeah. You know, you've, you've parlayed your survivor experience into this celebrity career. So it's, yes, this is very prestigious right? career. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't do that with me nowadays because you only have, you know, a quarter of that many people watching. <laughs> That's right. But but for the people that are on the show, it's not like the mon- they've reduced the money where you're working on commission where, hey, if you bring in this many ratings, we're going to give you this much money. The money is all the same. So if you lose the show now, you should still be just as bitter as you were 10 years ago. Uh, uh, why, what's your point? Go over it one more time. Well, why would if you're if you're bitter, aren't you bitter that you didn't win the money or didn't win the game? Not necessarily how many people watched you lose. If anything, you should be. uh, (laughs) Well, I guess not as many people saw you lose, so you should be happy. Less people seeing you lose, (laughs) right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that um, Survivor isn't and shouldn't be as serious to people as it was so long ago, but losing the money, I'll, there's inflation too, dude. A yeah. million dollars. Really? If I win a million dollars, I'm going to try and spend it in three months. Cause it's not going to, what am I going to do? Leave it in my bank account for when I'm super old. And then it's only worth a fraction of even that. <laughs> it's a million dollars. Isn't life changing Rob. It's life changing for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can you can take the million dollars and if you're smart with it then it can become life changing but it's not going to come without hard work and smarts. Yeah. Well that was also something that came up least. this season 
where after Jeff Kent lost, he said uh, in his parting words after the show, he said, uh, you know what really pisses me off is that, you know, I may probably made $60 million playing baseball, but now that I could have won this $1 million, I really wanted it. But then Obama, when he gets through with it, it's only going to be like $600,000. And people, a lot of people were offended by this. Uh, that he, Jeff Kent said he came after Obama that it was only going to be six hundred thousand, but I think it's an interesting point. Not so much about the taxes, but a million dollars. I think in two thousand was probably worth more than a million dollars in two thousand and twelve. You would think so. Yeah, your purchasing well, power. I, it definitely is. Yeah, and that's why I said it really. If I hypothetically, if I were to go back on Survivor and if I were to win a million dollars. My goal would be to spend that six hundred thousand after taxes in three months. Now, why three like, months? What? Why three months? Why not four months or two months? Well, I mean, whatever. It's going to be under a year, Rob. Two months. I think three months is pretty good because that's two hundred thousand a month. And then you take your entourage and you go do ridiculous stuff like go hire a helicopter that would do heli skiing tours, but go sledding <laughs> instead. Like go for like extreme sledding uh, tour in the mountains. That would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty in awesome. Canada. Yeah. yeah. Now, how would you know though, that your entourage wasn't just hanging out with you for the money though? Well, you wouldn't care. Plus you'd <laughs> choose people from before that, that were your friends previous. <laughs> like that show entourage. Well, I try to <laughs> I try not to liken any aspect of my life <laughs> to that show because I would be embarrassed to be a person like that. <laughs> but no, I've seen pictures of you on your on your Twitter and in uh in your videos, which you could check out Tyson's videos at let me make sure I got this right. YouTube.com slash Tyson Public Access. Is that the right channel? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> But you do have an entourage already, and you didn't even win the million dollars. Well, yeah, it's just my personality. They're there for my personality, not for my cash. Yeah. So you don't need cash to have an entourage. But and so I'd take the people that I've already won over with my personality, and they'd go, you know, maybe I'd bring some people that uh, follow me on the World Wide Web or something. But I would make a party out of it for like three months straight. And then at the end, have nothing to show for it. Like that yeah. movie, Brewster's Millions. Like you can't buy, you can't buy anything that's going to have value in the end. Like I can't buy cars or properties or anything. I've got to spend it all on experiences. Mm-hmm. So I could rent like Lamborghinis and go jump them and stuff like that. But I couldn't purchase a Lamborghini. Right. Right. Those would be the rules I'd set for myself. <laughs> what would you do? Let, let, let's say, let's say I won the million dollars. Yeah. And I was like, Rob, we're going to go do something. What do you want to do? Oh, man. Um, see, you're much more adventurous and fun than I am. I would say, oh, let's uh, – wh- what can we <laughs> – what, what podcasts can we make? What, can we, what, vi- what videos can we make? <laughs> right, but that's the thing. We, I'd hire a film crew to follow me around the whole time. Then okay, well, that would, be, <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> right, so what would you do? What, what would your adventure be? My adventure with you? Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you like to do things like go biking and go uh, go hiking and go uh, sledding from a helicopter and all of these things. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, something that I would uh, be fun to do. It would be funny in the video if I was doing those things with you and I and I would right. just be like screaming the whole time. I guess that would be a funny you video. Would hate him? I probably would. I probably would hate it. Maybe I would like it once it was happening, but probably not. Well, plus we're going to be flying first class everywhere and staying in the nice oh. hotels, bro. Okay. So it's it's not going to be all lose for you. I'm going <laughs> to wine and dine you. Okay. Yeah, I'd make so, the best of it. And, and then Nicole can come along and stuff like that. And yeah, she, she would like yeah, that more. So than you me. think? Yeah, you think of what you want to do, and and if it ever comes to that, we'll figure something out. Now, what do you think if – let's say this hypothetical Survivor season. You go back on Survivor. You're in the final two, and somebody asks you, Tyson, if you win this money, what are you going to do? And you outline this whole speech uh, and say at the end of it, and you know what, Jerry? If you vote for me, you're coming with me. We're going, we're going on a trip. I'm taking all you guys. We're going to have the best time. Now, do you think that this would be an effective jury speech and people would vote for you? Um, I think that honesty in general in the jury speech is probably the best policy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say honesty is the best policy in life necessarily, but in a jury speech on Survivor, I really think it is. I think if, if people are like, what would you do with the money, Tyson? I think people are familiar enough with my personality to know if I was bullshitting them. If I was like, well... I think I'm going to invest some. I'm going to save some of it, and I'll probably you Start know, a buy a car yep. for my grandma and and donate half to charity and stuff. And that's the bullshit answer that everybody says. But I think if you were like, well, the second I get my check, I'm going to pay taxes, and then I'm going to spend the rest of it in three months' time. Right. And you guys can maybe be part of it. I don't know <laughs> if I would promise them a, a, an opportunity to be part of it, but that might be the little white lie that actually ensures that you get it. But I, I think that you would win. I think a lot of people would win with that because it would be re- so refreshing for the jury to hear. Yeah. It'd be like, that guy is not bullshitting us. It's almost like the, you could be kind of like Willy Wonka, I think in front of the jury and say like, Hey, a vote for me. That's your golden ticket. You're coming to this party. It's going to be the party of the year that you're going to, you're going to want to be there. If you don't vote for me, I will make, I will tell security not to let you in. You are persona non grata at my ultimate party. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you're not colluding. You're not basically no. sharing the no, money. You're I, saying, Hey, I'm throwing a party and you're invited if you vote for me. Right. No, I think that would definitely, yeah, I think that'd be a selling point. Is that we're gonna what we have, should plan on? We're going to have shrimp that are like the size of bananas. Uh, it's going to oh, be yeah. – All your favorite foods from Costco will be there. Actually, they don't care as much because they've already got to eat a bunch of stuff once they got on the jury. Yeah. If they were all starving, it would make more sense. But <laughs> Gift be, bags. They'll be excited. Swag. Gift bags. With, yeah. Yeah, designer watches, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't go too crazy because then you would waste all the money on one party. Yeah, we couldn't do that. Plus, you could always <laughs> lie to them and just yeah. be like, you're coming, and then only invite the ones you like anyways. Yeah, and if you don't vote for me, we're all making fun of you that night. We're going we're gonna to roast you and make, make jokes about you the whole time when you're not there. 
Right, exactly. So the whole thing, and then we're going to post all the videos on YouTube. <laughs> I don't There's know where they couldn't vote for me. This is a good, I, I think at this point, Jeff's head would explode, but it would be, I think it would be effective with the jury. Yeah, I think so too. And, uh, I, I mean, it's only a matter of time, dude. We're doing this, Rob. <laughs> Especially if there was somebody they really hated on the jury, like if there was somebody that was just like a a real jerk that voted them all out, and you were, you know, the guy that you know, you maybe you won the last two immunities or whatever. This would really be an effective speech. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been done already. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot if of people that. If you go back on the show, Rob, if you go back on the show, Rob, you have my permission to use that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Boom, and there you have it. That is the best of the Survivor 27 returnees on Rob Has a Podcast. So many great moments. It was very hard to come up with the best ones from Otis and Tyson because they have so many appearances on the show. But I'm going to post the links if you want to go back and listen to any of them. For you guys who can't get enough Survivor, we are going to be back on Friday night. Nicole and I, we are going to do the Survivor 27 full preview. We will make our picks for the winners. We'll talk about who's going to do well, who's going to do not so well, and we'll do it for the first time live on robhasawebsite.com. So make sure you don't miss that show. Either subscribe to us on YouTube at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube or on iTunes at robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. So gearing up, it's going to be a big September. We've got the Survivor premiere. We've got the Big Brother finale. We've got the Amazing Race premiere. Oh, and by the way, uh, we're going to have a baby later this month. And then as well, if you've been following on RobInsWebsite.com, we've also been covering the final season of Breaking Bad just because I want to. Four episodes left of Breaking Bad. So September is going to be probably the craziest month, not only in the history of Rob Has a Website, but also in my life. So lots coming up here in September on RobInsWebsite.com. Don't miss a thing. Keep following me on Twitter, at Rob Sesternino. I love hearing from you guys, and I love hearing what you think about all the podcasts. It's what makes it so much fun for me. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.